Okay, uh, good morning, good morning, Noel, and uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to our new show of uh, uh, Spark Disruption the Easy Way. Today, we have Noel uh, from Singapore, is uh, the regional lead uh, for FMB and hotel for Kluk. And uh, I will just pass the word to, it, uh, to him for a quick introduction and then uh, we'll roll it. Thanks so much, Francesco, and I'm really happy to be here. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's my first time doing this, so uh, I hope I don't screw it up as much as well. Uh, I'm Noel, and I'm based in Singapore. Prior to joining Kluke, I was actually from the Air Force. Uh, so right after university, I served the military service for six years. I was with the Air Force. And thereafter, uh, when I left in 2018, I joined a very small startup, uh, FNB, uh, and they are based in Malaysia, uh, called Umai. It's running the head of sales there. And thereafter, I, last year, uh, I, I managed to join Kluke, and I'm now running both the F&B as well as the hotel and uh, business unit. Uh, I also consider myself as a filmmaker as a, and also a theater actor. Uh, I, had, I think many years ago, I, I used to indulge myself in acting, and I've, well, once considered a career in acting before. <laughs> but look where I am, <laughs> yeah, in a tech space, yeah. That's an interesting uh, career you wanted to have, but not an easy one, I guess. So yeah, from, not an easy from one. From acting to, to tech space, how did that happen? If you quickly yeah. I mean, can yeah. give us an idea. I, I, I think that it's, uh, if, if I were to go back to my core fundamentals, it, it's really about communicating and sharing ideas with people. Uh, it's always about storytelling. In my line of work, uh, I deal a lot of the, the different business partners, carry them through the cook business story and also uh, our journey here and how they could potentially um, kind of like gain uh, some bookings as well as revenues and, and improve their business cycle through using our solution. So I, I do see certain synergy, except that, of course, I'm not performing to 500 people or 200 people. Most of the time, my audience is just my teammates or my, uh, my business reporting leaders or as well as my merchants. Uh, there is some synergy, but at the same time, I think uh, going into uh, yeah, that actor career, not so much. I, I think I, I'm, I'm a little shy now. Uh, like I, I can't take criticism from audience uh, too, too, uh, too much. So I, I think I'm, I'm happy where I, where I am. No worry, I don't think that you are that shy since you're here also. <laughs> yeah, who knows how many people are watching right now. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, um, uh, just for, for the people that are listening, um, my, some might not know who is Kluk. Uh, so, maybe you want to give a brief info sure. for, for, for them to learn about sure. your company. Yeah. So, Kluk, or some people call it Kluk, uh, we are actually a lifestyle app. Uh, people and consumers uh, come into our app to discover attractions, tours and activities, F&B, as well as staycation uh, experiences. And we are functioning in actually 33 offices. Uh, globally, we have close to 2,000 staff. And uh, yeah, I, I think the main purpose of our, our, our role and our mission is really to connect and curate the best experiences. Uh, and also, I think to provide some seamless experiences. I think these days, a lot of people wouldn't carry cash. And I think in some of the remote areas, how do we bridge that gap and help businesses, right, uh, actually reach out to new business potential? And I, I think uh, I do find a lot of um, meaning and purpose, especially in this um, current times, right? Uh, using digital solutions and marketing solutions. How do we help businesses right now uh, to do it in a non-traditional manner and also to give them some business insights using our data uh, that we are able to provide? 
Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for the brief introduction. And I think, I mean, uh, you, you, as we were saying earlier, you are the regional lead for uh, food and beverage and hotel, right? Which uh, is, is, a, is a very tough spot to be, I believe, this year. And uh, with the COVID situation, I guess uh, things have not been easy. So do you have any, you know, what was the hardest challenge for you this year, for you, your team, I mean, at the company, I guess? If you want to yeah. say yeah, that. yeah, for sure. I, I always call it my uh, it's my war story. I mean, so, well, I, I came from military background, so I always use a lot of synergy to uh, what I've learned uh, over the past six years as a military man. And I, I think COVID has been one of the biggest battle. Uh, I think uh, not just I, I guess for Cook, of course, internally. I think how we function was a lot of we we try to bring international travelers into uh, the domestic markets and then to prom promote the various. Uh, businesses, right, like attractions, F&B to, to, uh, to the tourists. But now, of course, with all the lockdowns happening, I think the first question was, yeah, how is Cook going to survive? Because our bread and butter was on international travel. So business was very much impacted, I think, uh, when, when things were taking down south, like March, April. Uh, and I, I think that was when uh, our whole business unit came together. Uh, we, we started pockets of various task force. Uh, I think that... I think strategically, I think that there needed to be internal controls first. First, we, we see how we can further cut costs. Uh, and that means a lot of like uh, business travels, for example. I, I used to travel to uh, Malaysia. I was sharing with Francesco. I used to, I consider myself half Malaysian because I was in Malaysia like half the time. So business travels and un unnecessary business travels and, and um, uh, business spendings were reduced. We try to find some cost-cutting measures across all the different um, countries as well as business spectacle. And at the same time, I think the most important part was how do we then attack and bring in and, and, and win the domestic market? Because right now I need Malaysians to now, hey, look at Cook and say that I, I also have business offerings. So going into taking that, that, take that deeper look, it's not as if we never look at domestic market, but it was never kind of our core. But now it becomes the primary core and it will be a primary core for most of the markets, for example, like Malaysia, Philippines, and even Thailand for a long time to come. And actually it applies to, to, to many businesses as well. So by understanding and say that, yes, I need to attack the domestic market, but it's about finding that, that right product as well, right? Like what are domestic travelers looking out for? Like what are the domestic consumption? Uh, clearly, they, they will not be looking out for touristy items, right? I mean, if I go to Malaysia right now, I want, if I'm a local, I want to know where are the best um, uh, local eats, right? I, I wouldn't be going to a touristy place. So it's about really going a step back, just formulating some of our game plan. And it, it's pretty much business as usual as well, because that's what I think about, right? Day in, day out. What would attract uh, my international travelers or even domestic travelers? What, what are they excited about? Curating that experience, and then we, we bring it back to our marketing. And I think Kluge as a marketing, um, they, they have to take a different shift as well. I think we started Kluge Live, Kluge home-based experience. Uh, all, all, all these were born during COVID situations as well. And because we, we realized that those were the trends. A lot of people were staying at home. Uh, people were actually serving online more uh, rather than going out because we, we just can't go out anymore. And how do we then find the entertainment value? How do we then uh, interact and, and also engage our audience? Um, and not so much about like throwing the business to them and, and making sure that people keep buying stuff. But it's, I think for our businesses, uh, like F&B as well as hotelers, it's about making them staying relevant, giving them a platform through Klug and say that, hey, I'm still around. Uh, and, uh, you know, through, especially through Klug Live and, and just showing them that, hey, you know, after recovery, when things get better, 
these are the facilities, these are the F&B offerings that are readily available and book right now, or you can stay tuned and come and enjoy when things get better. Okay, interesting. So meaning from an international perspective in terms of your product offering, you went now, you guys have relooked things domestically, like I, I, I believe like many other businesses in the industry have done, right? Yeah. Because people cannot travel overseas, then they, they can only travel uh, domestically. And yeah. uh, it's, it's not a bad thing, you know, because uh, I, I come from uh, Sicily, which is a southern part of Italy. And uh, when I was in university, of course, for various reasons, among which I didn't have money because, you know, I was a student. I, I, I was traveling within Sicily and the initial was, oh, I only travel within my region. But then I observed that many people from Italy, especially North of Italy or even other parts of the world, they come to Sicily because we have a lot of beautiful things to see, you know, nature, beaches and, you know, so uh, food. Uh, so I was thinking like, okay, actually it's not a bad thing, you know, to travel domestically, to learn yeah. your own uh, region or your own state or your own uh, country first and then travel, you know, overseas. So yeah. I think it's a good rediscovery, you know, for people to, in a way, being forced, but on the other way, also discovering your own country, your own place, your own region, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I mean, I'm very heartened to hear that as well, because I think, like, if, if I were to look at just the Singapore and Malaysia markets that I deal with, I think for Singapore, for example, um, and we are a very small country as compared to Malaysia, and we're like, okay, um, what is that to do? Everyone is like, uh, we are locked down in our city state. But at the same time, I think the, that therein lies an opportunity, right? Because traveling has been so easy for most of us, right? Uh, since the beginning of, uh, well, when, when, when I was of age. And, and, and because of that, we, we are, we're always outward, look, outward looking, right? So like for, for myself, I stopped discovering my own gems in Singapore. And that's why I think uh, during this period, it was also a very opportune time for us to work with the various tourism boards to also find uh, activities, curate experiences, to get local, locals to actually spend within the local attractions. So I think in Singapore, we, we came up with the idea of like us building your own Singapore day where we say, hey, you know, we can't go to Australia, we can't go to USA, but what are the different itineraries that you can stack up and in terms of tours, attractions, best food experiences? And, and for Malaysia, because we have uh, so many different states, more than 10 states to go with. So our marketing actually did, um, and together with the BB team is to like identify, hey, you know, uh, where are the various states? Uh, during the monsoon season, let's not bring our consumer to Langkawi and Danang, we bring them to the, the, the other, uh, like Malacca and Penang, for example. And, yep. and I think because of that, I, th therein we, because, uh, and we hired local teams, right? So a lot of people were very excited to give local insights. I think traditionally, I think we were always saying that, okay, um, which are our top attractions that we must have, we've got to bring it in. But right now, I think because all of us are trying to help the, the small and businesses, and locals actually these days want that local taste, right? They want that jam. I want, I want to know what is that small mamak shop that you went to? Where is that exciting small back lane barber that you went to get a haircut? And it's, it's a different kind of experience, but because it is so uncommon, it becomes almost like an experience and a, as an adventure. So I think together with our audience, we're also trying to learn more. I think we are always seeding our ideas and to ask them, actually, where are the local jams? What are you guys doing? Where are you guys traveling to? And hopefully with, with that uh, mix and match and trying to find the ideal sweet spot, we'll be able to serve both our merchants as well as our consumers. Yeah, I totally agree. In a way to use a comparison, uh, could be like, you know, when um, 
even ourselves as a person, you know, with the fact that we are so connected and interconnected with anything and everything around the world, you know, 24-7 we have access to whatever we want with the phone. Uh, at the same time, we get disconnected with ourselves, right? We, we forget the simple things that are surrounding us, could be our family, our spouse, or our friends, or our heart, whatever, you know? And uh, yeah. that brings, is the same concept in a way, but, uh, you know, we are focused so much on uh, other things, you know, and uh, the information and, uh, and, and communication channel and Facebook and this, and we forget about us. So in the same, in the same way, is a similar things that is happened with a travel, right? We are so used to, ah, now I go, I take the flight, go to Hong Kong, I go to Thailand, I go. And now what do I do? Oh, wait a moment. I think we have something here, you know, like, but we never yeah. know right? So it's, it's, it's like, a, 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 you, stop, <laughs> you know, you stop and start to, uh, I don't know, you become self-aware, not only of yourself, but also your surrounding, you know, so there is so much. Yeah. Uh, but we, we forget about it, right? We get distracted by, I mean, by the opportunities. Yeah, and I, I think it's, it's true because I think as, as globalized, I mean, we were so globalized and so interconnected. Actually, there was, I, I, I have always entertained this thought, right? Like, what if we all just stop one day and then, uh, you know, let the trees breathe and all. And of course, I think in the past, I, I used to say I, it's impossible. I mean, we are so interconnected. It's, there is no way uh, things would stop just for us. And, and we always say things are progressing so fast. And half the time, my, my mom is like, hey, I don't see you anymore. You guys are like, uh, I, my brother and I, we're, we're always out. But it's, I, I think this pandemic, I mean, with the lockdown and with all the businesses being affected, I think, like you've mentioned, it, it has brought us back to our roots and also to understand what truly matters. What, what is your core business, right? It's your family and your friends. It's your own, own backyard in your own country. How then do I actually rediscover this? And by rediscovering then, how then do I slowly start to build up, um, you know, when, when, when things get ready again for international travel? Yeah. Correct, correct. Okay, so we can say your other challenge or your, I mean, the company challenge was that the industry has been badly hit by the COVID, of course. Um, yeah. And I guess your, what, what's your instead personal challenge? I mean, what has been your yeah. personal challenge? I think... I mean, it comes from a few ways. So one, I mean, professionally, uh, I think like I, 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 right after uh, the, being a military man, I have always been a salesperson. So I always love to share and, and have some uh, sales coaching to, or, or like sales learning pitch with, with my team. And we realized, you know, the traditional way of selling and the traditional way of like building rapport and then go straight to your product. It all has to break down because there is no time for, for such um, communication, especially when, it, when it's just a Zoom meeting and you know that everything should be confined within about 30 minutes. So how, it's like going back to your fundamentals and say, hey, okay, how do I then do my sales pitch? Because we don't have like a kind of luxury of time. Everyone is time pressed. Everyone is aware and being very mission critical, right? Like I, I know what you want. I know what you're trying to sell. Tell me what, how you can value it. So in that sense, I think professionally, like even organizing my own thoughts and getting my team to say, hey, we, we got to retackle the market. We got to re-engage. But what is this re-engagement, right? It, it has to come back to the, the brainstorming of my team and say, okay, then, you know, what, what should we then be doing? If, if no one has one hour of time or two hours of time to hear our pitch, how do we make it exciting? Uh, like, and a whole series of, of like webinars and, and, and pod, uh, I mean, we, we, we did a whole series of webinars so that we can get more people in at a, a short period of time. And if they want to ask questions, they can engage and book our time subsequently. And I think personally, it was also the lack of uh, social time. I think with face-to-face uh, -face with my uh, team, 
uh, I think for my Malaysia teams, uh, particularly, uh, FMB was born only last year, uh, last October, and I hired all of them. Uh, and I used to spend so much time, I think at least once a month to at least check in on the pulse, right? Going into Malaysia, understanding the business, checking in with the merchant, checking in with my team to really get a sense of the pulse in the market. And then to say, okay, what, what are the new opportunities and how do we uh, pivot and define, you know, uh, what, what, what is the next step? But right now, I feel like a lot of my senses are gone. I can only rely on this Zoom screen uh, or Google <laughs> Hangout. And, and it's very hard sometimes to, and, and I, I feel like my senses just need to be even uh, sharper. If, mm. if someone expresses um, some form of stress and, and they, are, they don't feel comfortable to tell me over Zoom, I, I, I feel like I need that, that sharper antenna to then say, to, to see it out even more. Because last, last time, you know, in the past, I can meet you over coffee and within right. half an hour before you, you get, uh, you know, you, you get relaxed with me. But these days, I think with Zoom Hangout and, and the digital front, the digital engagement, I think it's just train, retraining and retuning our senses. I don't see, I don't get to touch, I only get to see, I don't get to touch you. I don't get to smell the surrounding. And, and, and that, that was, yeah, I, I, I felt like I, I had to train myself all over again. And I, of course, finally, I, I think um, keeping fit <laughs> was a challenge. Uh, and I, I, I pride myself as, as um, I, I do a lot of fitness program to, to make myself mentally fit and sound. And I think it, was, it, it is also a way to de-stress. And I know a lot of people did a lot of home workout. But I was like, okay, I'm eating at home. I'm working from home. And right now, if I have to exercise from home, I'm, you know, all in one, I just said, I just can't. Like at some point, I just wanted my, my bedroom and my, some of my living spaces to be a chill out zone. So yeah, fitness took a toll and, and it took a while for me to say, okay, how do I find back my regime again? Yeah. That's true. It's, uh, it's, it's very true. Like during the uh, MCO here in Malaysia also was going nuts because I'm also a, an extroverted person. I need to see people. And uh, like you say, we were doing everything from home. And then uh, after a while, I say, you know, I need to de-stress. And uh, so I say, but I cannot run at home, you know. And <laughs> so, I, so I went running the parking lot. <laughs> but then luckily when things uh, loosen up, then I start running again. And then uh, that helps me to keep myself sane. So I can say that your personal challenge is quite common. And then also this personal challenge of uh, connecting over screen um, is, is very hard. I mean, because yes, you can connect, but it's not the same kind of connection. You, you need a little bit more time sometimes to build that, that connection with the person to, uh, to see, you know, uh, the expression that is hidden somewhere, you know. Um, and yeah, I think, I think now maybe because after six, seven months, we're getting a little bit more used to the screen, uh, <laughs> you know, screen yeah. time. I yeah, I, 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 do, I, I do think that we, we are, I mean, the fittest survive, right? Like the Darwinian theory. So I, I think all of us have learned how to adapt. And, and I'm also very thankful to be in, in Kluge and in a very tough uh, startup space because I think over this period, we, we have evolved as creatures uh, and as well as, as businesses as well. I mean, some of the most interesting and, and best collaboration actually took place all over Zoom, all over WhatsApp. We had an idea and, 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 and in the past, I, I would say that things would mature a bit slower because there is a lot of like, oh, let's measure it out. Let's think a bit more 
or uh, let's you know let's do more data analysis. But these days, I think because of the current situation, uh, it, we 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 really need to adapt fast faster. Yeah. So I I, I mean I, I was thankful. So I think because of this opportunity, we were able to connect with more people, uh, internationally, and also like I think with the different different business partner. I think a lot of people in the past, like uh, especially the bigger brands, they they might not have time to meet with me. But because of CMCO and also with the COVID situation, everyone is you know kind of uh, back at home. It becomes we we now have that time to then hey okay you no know, I I didn't have time to meet you in the past, but now okay let me give you fifteen minutes or thirty minutes. Yeah. to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm very thankful for some of the business partnerships that we managed to materialize during this period as well. It's true, it's true. There are some good things that come out, out of that, you know, out of this uh, hard and harsh environment, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm just curious, uh, since you are the regional lead and I guess uh, your team is um, a bit in Singapore, a bit in Malaysia and perhaps in some other country in the region, uh, how, uh, you know, and, and again, tourism and attraction and, uh, sorry, and the entertainment industry has been a bit tough, you know, for this year. So how have they reacted to it? Uh, how they have uh, lived up to it, you know, in terms of uh, well-being, in terms of, you know, um, stress, I guess, fears, you know, that yeah. normally come to an employee that, you know, uh, knows that the industry is not doing so well, right? So how yeah. did you manage that? How did you manage the relationship with them? You know, making sure that they are, yeah, man, we are good, you know? Good. Uh, it's still a work in progress. It's a long road. And I, I think I'm still learning as well. I think prior to, uh, when, when it first started, I think with the lockdown, uh, everything, uh, I, what I tried to do was to communicate and over-communicate. I think we have team meeting. And after that, I tried to schedule one-on-one. -on -one. Um, uh, 15 minutes of sessions just to ensure that uh, their well-being is, is okay. Uh, they are not too fearful. I think a lot of people, I, I think the general fear, even to this date for a lot of people is, will I lose my job? <laughs> and uh, what is the bread and, you know, what, what if the next wave comes in and hit us, what is next? And I, I think I used to be in that situation. I used to be very Potential fearful. Potential instability, right? So yeah, the, the, the instability. What's going to happen? What's next? What's the business going to be? When is the next time that a merchant is going to shout at me because we are not producing sales? And, and, and so I, I kind of like break it down into a few places. So first, I think I try to empathize and I acknowledge that I think we are all in the same boat. And I try to even get business partners and even my, I think the group management, uh, they, they have sh shown the ropes as well that um, they have very great empathy for the situation we are in. But at the same time, I think transparency and communication is really key. And this is something that I've really learned from my, uh, from, from Cook's leadership as well. So we, we have different infrastructure like our HRB, uh, the business partners, as well as uh, learning and development, trying, trying to find and, and get uh, engaging ways to ensure that the different line, line units across different regions are connected. We organize uh, Zoom meetings, uh, Zoom lunches. Uh, there is even like a monthly um, lunch and learn uh, where different business units come and present uh, actually what we do and if people have any uh, questions they can ask us because I mean we, we have ultimately grown to a, quite a big organization with more than like a thousand plus people even in Singapore office we have uh, about a hundred people so I, I can't say that actually I know what everyone is doing but because of COVID we now have the opportunity to say hey actually yeah it's a good time for us since we all are locked down we, we can't do anything can we then find some time to do some some of some form of sharing? And I, I think business uh, my, my HRBPs have been especially useful because I think tension tends to happen, especially during um, you, you are working from home. 
trust uh, is something that, yes, we will say, yeah, we trust one another, but it's easier said than done. I mean, there are times where you're like, hey, how come the things are not responsive? Things are not getting done. And, and little things like that can, can be a very big thing for, for teams because you're, everyone is kind of in our own pocket of remote areas of working. So I actually had a, a lot of uh, sessions with my HR VP to actually share with them, and even with my own line manager and say that, hey, I'm actually having this issue and uh, what, you know, do you think you can come in as a neutral party to bridge that gap? And, and I'm very thankful for the, the support that, I mean, I mean, a lot of times I think we, I, I try to say, okay, I can do it on my own, but I've learned how to ask for help. Uh, and I've learned how to ask professional, I guess, like HRBPs, the, the talent advisors who are really more in tune. Uh, and, and sometimes it's, it's just about communicating the, 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 in the right way. Uh, sometimes when, especially when we are emotional, uh, we, we might say things uh, out of anger or frustration, and that might leave us in a very bad shape. So I, I've, I think these things have, have particularly been important to me and then, uh, especially a, a, a important learning actually for me during this period that I, I start to be a bit more mindful. Uh, and I think strategizing with the team is not as easy as in the past because we're like, okay, we can all sit in a meeting room, but right now it's like a Zoom meeting. And then you're like, okay, any ideas, any questions? And then it's like, silence, silence. <laughs> yeah. And how do, we, yeah, how, how do we find a safe space for people to actually express ideas? And it can actually be done through games, uh, which we've done like Kahoot. Uh, and I, I, it's very simple stuff. It's not rocket science, but yeah. using different interesting stuff that we are seeing and then trying to tease out the ideas, uh, Instagram story and get people to share actually, hey, uh, what do you think are your ideas for this particular project? And I think when people find that it is a safe space uh, and I'm not judging them and, and they know that this is not taken into consideration and there's no repercussion, the fear becomes a source of motivation and it's so, it becomes a source of inspiration. And I think my, my, my main message to the team and, and to everyone who is actually having the fear is, what are you value adding to the job and your line business that, you know, that th this should be the main message that we should have rather than, okay, oh, will I keep my job or not? Because I, I would say that the opportunities are always there. Crisis, non-crisis, it's how do we then grab hold of the opportunities and make it uh, and, and bring it to life. Cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, I think I found it very interesting that you guys have this uh, different uh, engagement, like Zoom lunches, the lunch and learn, you know, and all that. And I think that it's very important to keep engaging your, your people, your team, and, but also at the same time, keep learning, right? Because we have to, like you said, we are evolving and we are evolving quite fast compared to the, maybe the pace that we thought to, you know, last year, right? So things are changing fast uh for the bad for sorry for the good uh for the better you know hopefully you know of course some i mean change always um how do you say uh come with pain yeah uh, but that, i mean right it's part of it but i think it's good because we are changing for the better i think we are improving we are changing and finding new ways uh, so i i found this like uh, i i look at this positively so it's good that you have all these uh, you know uh, different activities within the organization led by your lnd team and your hr uh, human resource team and so on and so forth um one question then i am uh, talking about learning right uh, what you since things are changing so fast and uh, your business also is evolving um what do you think will be uh, or what do you see as a potential skills for you yourself and the team, you know, for the 2021, is there yeah. anything that you think 
people should be focused, your people should be focused more. Earlier you talked a bit more about the different approach of business development and sales uh, because of now we're doing it online. We're doing it on Skype, on, sorry, on Skype, on Zoom and, uh, and, all, and all other tools. Mm. And um, so what do you see instead for 2021, uh, your team should focus on in terms of skills uh, and learning? Yeah. So I, th I think the, the first thing that I, I will still keep stressing is having digital empathy. <laughs> and initially it was empathy in, in, in the real world, but I think digital empathy is something that needs to be cultivated. I think it's, it's probably a new trend because everything is going to take place. And I do believe that this, this mode of communication is going to take place for a long time to come before things start opening up. So how do we then connect with businesses? How do we ensure that our business partners during they're they not falling asleep during our, our meetings? Or if they have questions, they actually do feel that they are ready to ask. Uh, how, how do we then find a, a safe space to have negotiations and communications taking, taking place just over uh, a virtual space? So digital empathy is one. I think, and the other, the, the other part, which I have also stressed on a little, is that uh, if you see daily trends, how do you actually pivot and, and actually make it work in your own line of business? Because I think what we have learned in, in COVID is um, there are opportunities, but if you fail to react to the market, then we, we will be five steps late because everything can take place overnight uh, and your competitors, your peers might just be 10 steps ahead of you just overnight. So I, I think it's about just being nimble, being, being also being able to how, uh, dissect that, that uh, opportunity and then say, okay, how do I, instead of a, a big problem, how do I make it into a small, uh, scalable uh, choice for us to, to actually execute it, test, learn it, analyze it, and then see if there is this just for a short-term goal or is it for a long-term goal. I think the, the, the last part of measuring and learning is very, very key. Many times, I think a lot of, the, a lot of us put a lot of emphasis to like try to deal with the current situation that now, right? Okay, we are knocked down. How do we deal with it? But there is that future that potentially once it's opening up, will this current strategy still be applicable? I think that is something that I always challenge myself included because it's so easy to say, I react to it. Let me just do it now but without really analyzing that actually is there business potential right after COVID ends in, in a couple of months time or when, when things start to open up in Malaysia, for example. And I, I think if, if there's anything, I, will, I also encourage my team. I know everyone is busy. Everyone is, is uh, reacting and, and trying to do with a lot of work. Always leave five to 10% extra capacity. And I think for myself, I need to leave the extra 20% capacity to deal with any potential crisis that comes. And this crisis can be anything, right? From merchants screaming and yelling at you to um, your, your own uh, site, right? Oh, back again, I, I can't onboard. What are the potential hiccups that can happen? Because every time when, when we say that um, we, we put in invest 100, 110% into every single of our tasking, when things start to happen, then we actually fail to have that, um, that, that capacity to deal with it. And, and we might eventually drown, get, get drowned out. So it, it's about having that safe space that I know everyone is engaged and busy, but just be reactive, be nimble enough to actually ensure that we can still stay on top of situation. Okay, so maybe if I can recap, you, you say a few things. One is uh, digital empathy. So how do we build this empathy that now has been done, has, has to be done through a screen, right? Yeah. <laughs> or through maybe a message, you know, or anything, an email, right? So how do you build that digital empathy with your partner, with your clients, with your staff, with your employee, your teammates, and so on and so forth? The other one would be how do you 
noting, uh, once you notice a daily trend or some new trends coming up, how do you make sure that you are uh, on top of it, you know, and uh, you can implement it, right? So yeah. that comes with being proactive, uh, being, you know, open-minded, being, you know, on the lookout of new opportunities and also at the same time, okay, what do I do with it? You know, how do yeah. we communicate to the right people within the organization? I believe so, right? So I can see something, but then I need to talk to different parties, either my superior or my peers or my subordinate, discuss and find a solution that could be, if, like you said, there is potential applicable, right? And the other one would be uh, measure, uh, measure and learning, right? So you say, once you apply something, also learn to measure if that things that you're doing makes sense or not at that point of time, right? Otherwise, why, why are you doing it, right? Yes. <laughs> if it's irrelevant, right, you, sh you shouldn't be doing it anymore. <laughs> or you should tweak it. Uh, is yeah. it correct what you're saying? Is yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last was uh, put some time on the side for uh, like potential crisis. But when you say that, uh, are you looking at reacting to this potential crisis mm. or are you looking to foresee potential crisis and therefore plan yeah. for it? Yeah. So I, I think the, the, and like the forecasting should always take place during the measure and learn, right? Like when we are executing something, we should already anticipate what are the potential loopholes. I think the really the, the, the spare cap is to being able to react to the situation proactively when it happens. Yeah. And the fire will always burn. I mean, that there will always be something that, uh, as much as we plan 100%, there will be issues, tech issues, right? I mean, when we set up a Zoom meeting, for example, uh, suddenly there's no audio. Yeah. Having that 5% capacity of like, how do I ensure that I can still hold the fort and still en ensure that, um, you know, like I, I can still pull this through. Yeah, and I think many times when, when we don't plan for that extra capacity, then we, we end up <laughs> really drowning in that crisis yeah. itself. Yeah. <laughs> like they say, I think in the event uh, space, they say if things uh, can go wrong, we'll go wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like extra, so you... bring, bring extra light bulb, bring extra speakers and mics. <laughs> <laughs> we better plan for it. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. I think uh, we cover most of, uh, you know, our discussion it was very interesting learning new stuff from you. I don't know if you have any, uh, this is because we are a learning company, right? So if you have any suggestion on uh, one or two books that you have recently yeah. read and you want to share with our you know, community, please, uh, I don't know, uh, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of biography. So I, I think I, I always feel like um, uh, biographies are what I call people who have taken all the wrong steps and then they have made it into successful ones. So when I read them, at least I can tease out the potential pitfall and focus on, or, or, you know, like the do's and the don'ts. So I think right now I'm embarking on Elon Musk uh, and, and oh, how he, yeah. So he, he had a book on Tesla, SpaceX, and the quest of a fantastic future. I think it's one of his older books. Yeah, but I think in it, um, yeah, I, I've learned a lot from a great guy and, and, and to, to understand from his perspective, it's, it's not all great. I mean, along the way, I also found out that he had made so many enemies, how he cut business and, and all. So, uh, it gives me a, a lot of insights to, to him as a character and also to anticipate what we can expect from Elon Musk in the near future. Yeah, and the other book that I have been reading is When Breath Becomes Air. I think it helped me through um, a, a, a very difficult period, especially during COVID. And it, it actually detailed a, a life story of a neurosurgeon who found out that actually uh, he, had, uh, uh, he was in the final stage of cancer. 
and he was asking what is the purpose of life and if you only have a few more months to live you know like what what are what is the most important stuff so it really resonated with i, I felt it really resonated with me uh during the practice period uh to take stock of what is important and finally i think if there's a podcast i could recommend uh it's called the moth um it, it's it's nothing educational but it's a series of sh- uh, it's a short stories uh, I've always anticipated and, and said that one day I, I will write in my short story and, and get pitched. I think each of the stories is about one minute to about three minutes long. Um, I feel that the moth, from the moth, it, it, it gives me a lot more space uh, and breath to be a human being. Uh, and it's a very international, uh, they have a lot of international stories. Of course, primarily it's in America. But I think when I hear about their stories and challenges that they have been through, helps me um, put things perspective for me that whatever I'm facing is so minute as compared to what other communities of people have encountered. Um, and yeah, I, I think as a storyteller, I'm, I'm very emboldened by it. Yeah, and I, I hope to keep learning from the moth as well. That's fantastic. Thanks for sharing. I think what we will do, we'll uh, then ask you the right, you know, name <laughs> the, of the books. And uh, I mean, we know, all know Elon Musk, I guess, book. Yeah. But the other, the podcast and the second book that you mentioned, so we can put it down and sure. share with our community. Uh, but if you like biography, maybe you are also have read or would like to read uh, um, the Nike book, Shoe Dogs. It's an old yes. book, uh, but yeah. a fantastic, I don't know, fantastic <laughs> story for me, very inspiring. So anyway, thanks, uh, thanks Noam, for sharing. Uh, for having time with us today and uh, for sharing this with all our community of uh, listeners. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk soon and perhaps we'll do some other chat in the future. I hope and, so. Uh, <laughs> I guess we go back to work now. Not that this was no work, but... Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so learning, much for your time. A learning window for all, both of us. Yeah, so, th- thank thanks you. Thanks so much. <laughs> Great to have you on, on the show and uh, talk to you soon then. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. See you. Bye-bye. Bye.